Hi, I'm Pastor Lisa. Thank you for joining us for our service today. In a previous message, I shared with you part one on the message, It's Okay to Be Afraid. In that message, we looked at the passage in Numbers chapter 13, where Moses sent spies out to check out the land of Canaan, which is the promised land. And we saw how those spies came back with a very negative report for the most part. The truths I shared with you in those messages were when God is getting ready for something big, preparation is always required. Even though our situations look big, God is still bigger. Stop listening to the negative voices who tell you it's just not possible and don't allow fear to stop you from getting to the promised land God has for you. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that message, I want to encourage you to make some time this week to go and to listen to it. Today, we're going to look at Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 to 9. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you grab it and follow along with me. The passage says, That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for this time that we can gather together, even if it's online. We thank you for your holy word and for the many truths that are contained within it. And God, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds so that your Holy Spirit can speak to us and that you can help us to be obedient as we respond to you. And so, Lord, be with us now and may you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we see that in this passage, there were 12 men who were sent out as spies into the land of Canaan, the promised land. All of the men, except for two, came back with a very negative report. They came back telling uh, the whole assembly of how the land was so lush and so beautiful, but there was a problem that the land was so scary and so big and the people that lived there were scary and big as well. You see, the problem was that they couldn't believe that they could defeat the giants who lived in that land. And therefore, they were scared and thought to themselves, we just can't do it. We just can't take this land. It's too scary and we're not going to be able to do it. 
they were too afraid to do it that they began to convince everyone else that it was impossible to do it as well. Now, if they were afraid and they didn't want to do it, you're probably wondering why my message is entitled, It's Okay to Be Afraid. And the truth of the matter is, is in this kind of situation, it's okay to be afraid. It is okay, we are human, and it's okay to be afraid. The problem comes when we are so afraid because we are depending upon our own physical abilities and understanding that we forget that we serve a God who is so much greater and who is so much bigger and who is able to help us. You see, God told them that they will be able to do it. And instead of them looking at the situation from God's perspective and knowing this is what God said, so even though I'm afraid, I'm still going to trust God, they chose to still remain paralyzed, frightened, and shut down the whole idea, thus missing out on the blessing that God had in store for them. So they were trying to convince everyone else, the whole Israelite community, that this was just a bad idea. You see, these men saw firsthand how beautiful and lush the land was. In Numbers chapter 13, in verses 26 and 27, it says, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. In other words, it's everything that God promised us it would be and more. But it goes on to say in verse 28, the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours all living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, that is the de descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. Even though there were so many positive things for them to be able to look at and to trust God for, they chose to focus on all of the negative things that that land had to offer, all of the negative things in that situation, all of the negative things that were present. It's important for us in moments that we are faced in a situation like this that we train ourselves to look at the positive things instead of the negative things. It's so easy for us to focus on the negative. It's human nature, and you probably agree with me in that. And they continued to say that they wanted to go back. They continued to talk about all of the negative things that were happening to them. It says that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly. If only we had died in Egypt 
or in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to just go back to Egypt? You see, they were so caught up with all the negative things that they completely lost sight of the positive things God had shown them and the positive things that God had already done for them. Unfortunately, it's always easier for us to see the negative as opposed to the positive. God had already proved himself faithful to these people over and over again, yet they still focused on the negative. God had brought them out of Egypt. They had witnessed for themselves firsthand of the miracles that God was able to do through Moses in front of Pharaoh and in the land of Egypt. They had witnessed God parting the Red Sea for them, providing food for them, doing all of these things that they firsthand experienced, yet they were too afraid to trust God to see them through and to take this land for themselves. They were too afraid because they were so focused on the negative things. Just like human nature, you think to yourselves, you can do a million things right, but the time that you mess up or do something wrong or forget to do it or don't do it right, whatever the case may be, people notice then. People notice that you've messed up or that you didn't do it or that you did it wrong, whatever the case is. That's because we tend to focus on the negative instead of the positive. We tend to focus on those negative things. That's why I said, train yourself. Because it's not something that just comes naturally like breathing or blinking or you know whatever it may be. But it's something that we need to train ourselves to consciously do over and over again. And this applies to so many different areas of our lives. This applies to looking at the positive in the situation. So maybe you didn't get the job that you wanted to get. Instead of looking at it from a negative perspective that they didn't like you, that you messed up, that you're never gonna get a job, that you're never gonna get the job that you want, look at it from the perspective of you did your best, you applied for that job, you put yourself out there, now you have a little bit more experience in the interview process and know that God has something even better in store for you. This also applies to looking at the positive things in a person rather than the negative things. We can easily look at people and say, you know, their hair is weird or they dress funny or some of the language they use is, is uh, weird and I've never heard of those words or those phrases before. But maybe look at the positive things, such as they love the Lord and even though they may dress funny, that's their style or that expresses their personality. Look at the positive things in your life. It's easy for us and it's easy for me as well to look at all the things that I don't yet have or that I still need to do or that I wish that I had or that other people have. But the songwriter says, count your blessings, 
name them one by one. And when we start to do that, then it shifts our perspective from the things that are negative that we don't yet have or the things that we still need to do to the things that God has already done, to the things that God has already blessed us with, to the places that God has already brought us to. And so we need to train ourselves to be positive and focus on the positive instead of the negative. The truth of the matter is, my friends, that life is too short that life is so short. Why should we focus and spend all of our time and energy focusing on the negative things instead of on the positive things, instead of on good things? The Bible tells us to think upon things that are good, that are pleasing, that are perfect, that are lovely, that are admirable. Those are the things that we should fill our minds with and focus on. So these people, the Israelites, focused on all the bad, the negative things. The cities are fortified. The people who live there are very powerful. There are giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. They will kill us. They will take our wives and children. And the list goes on and on and on. They focused on the negative. What is interesting is that the Israelites were on their way to the promised land, yet they constantly complained and wished that they were back in Egypt. God had taken them out of Egypt specifically because of the suffering that was going on there. And now we see in this passage that they are constantly talking about going back, going back to the very place that God had already brought them out of. In Egypt, they were living in um, bondage as slaves, working day and night for Pharaoh. You see, Egypt can represent the pain, the suffering, the bondage, the slavery that they were in. And God chose the nation of Israel to be his people. And he was giving them this land, the promised land to live in and to enjoy being free from what they experienced in Egypt. He was moving them out of Egypt into something great, into something better that he had in store for them. The promised land represents God's blessing to us, his promise and freedom from the past, freedom from the hardships and the pain and the suffering that we have endured. When God called Moses at the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, he called him to go into Egypt to rescue the Israelites, to rescue his people. And God told him this. In verse 7 it says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. 
although they knew this, although they knew the hardships, although they knew the pain, although they knew the suffering that was going on back in Egypt, they were constantly looking back and desiring to go back. It sounds strange, right? That the same place that broke them down, the same place that treated them badly, the same place that took advantage of them and hurt them and scarred them is where they want to go back to. It's because they were comfortable. It's because it was familiar. It's because that's what they knew and that's what they grew up with and grew up in. You see, when you're on your way to the promised land, we need to stop looking back at Egypt. When you're on your way to the place that God is taking you to, stop looking back to your past and desiring to go back there. They constantly did that. In verses 2, 3, and 4, verse 2, it says, If only we had died in Egypt. In verse 3, it says, Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt, they ask? In verse 4, and they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. It was as if they completely forgot the pain, suffering, and bondage that they had just come out of. And they were ungrateful to God for rescuing them. The very place that hurt them, the very place that caused them to be enslaved and bondage, to work day and night, to, to keep them in that sense of bondage and slavery is the place they really wanted to go back to in this moment. The Israelites kept looking back at Egypt. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 3, it says, If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. When they were on their journey, this is the journey in between. The journey from Egypt and the journey that goes to reach the promised land. They were in this in-between state or the wilderness or desert we can call it. And it's in between that state that we start looking back because we've left where we were, but we haven't yet got to where we want to be or where God has promised us to be. So we're on this journey. And I can understand it's easy to look back because you're in between and you knew what you came out of, but you don't know what's ahead. And sometimes that road ahead is difficult. It's hard. There's lots of sacrifices that need to be made. There's lots of times where you may feel lonely and down and out. There are lots of times where you wonder, you know, is it worth it? Should I continue on or should I just cut my losses and go back to what I knew? This is where the Israelites were in the wilderness. And they talked about going back so much, it's because that's what they knew. But you see, God didn't bring them this far only to go back to where they were. And in the same way, I wanna encourage you that God has not brought you this far for you to go back to where you were. You may not yet be in your promised land. You may not yet be where God has told you that he's taking you, but don't go back. Keep pushing forward. Know that the journey is not always going to be easy, but it will be worth it. And it's okay to be afraid. 
It's okay to fear, but also to know in that time that God is with you. To know that God is right there with you because he promises that he will never leave you or forsake you. It's okay to be afraid once you don't allow that fear to stop you from moving forward, from moving forward to where he wants you to be. You see, the Israelites were so close to the promised land. They were right on the edges. In fact, the spies went in. They took a foot in. They stepped right in. They were almost there, but all they could think of is how difficult it is right now and how difficult it's going to be having to fight those giants. So it's better for us to just go back. They lost sight of the fact that God said that that's over, that it's them. They're going to win that battle. They're going to get that land. It's theirs. All they needed to do was to believe and to continue to press on. You see, there are many times where God leads us and moves us, and he moves us out of our Egypt. He moves us out and leads us out of the bondage that we're in but we keep looking back because we get comfortable. Egypt could represent the situation in our life that God is moving us from, that situation where we merely surviving or getting by, or simply it could represent sin in our life or the sin that keeps us in bondage, enslaved, or trapped. And sometimes because that journey from Egypt to the promised land is not an easy one, we start looking back and thinking, was it really that bad back there? Was it really that bad doing that? Was it really something that I needed to stop or something I needed to leave? We know what we should do, but it takes effort and discipline to do it. We know that we should go to church regularly when the church's uh, services were open and when they will be open, but we think to ourselves, but I have to wake up early. So that means that I can't really stay out too late Saturday night. I know that I should pray and read my Bible regularly, but you know, then that means it cuts in on my TV time, my Netflix time, my social media time, hanging out with my friends or doing other things. We know what we should do, but we need to be disciplined in actually doing it. The sinful life will always be more appealing. It will always be more alluring because sin is very alluring. It entices us and causes us to keep coming back to it. Keep looking back. Keep looking back at our past. The challenge is to stop looking back at it. The challenge is for us to forget about it and to move forward, knowing that God has delivered us and taking us out of it. If God has convicted you to leave a boyfriend or girlfriend because they're not who God has for you or they're causing you to sin, stop going back to them. Every time you feel lonely or you're worried that you may not meet someone else, God has taken you out of that situation, so stop looking back and going back to it. If God has helped you to take steps to overcome an addiction, then stop hanging out at places that tempt you or with people who encourage you to partake and give back into it. God has already brought you out of it. Don't go back to it. 
If God has forgiven you, then stop repeating the same sins over and over and over again. Stop looking back at what you used to be like and wishing that you were still like that because you were more fun or more appealing or sexier or more handsome or more desirable. God has brought you out of that. We need to stop looking back. When God sent his angels to move Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were specifically told when they fled that city not to look back. Unfortunately, Lot's wife couldn't help but look back, and because of that, she was punished and turned into a pillar of salt. You see, the point of all of this is that at some point or another, we have all been in an Egypt. We have all been in bondage or enslaved or trapped in some way. But Jesus came to our rescue to free us from the chains that Satan held us bound. And now we are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves. So we can stop sinning. We can stop looking back and we can stop going back to where God has already brought you out of where he has already brought us out of. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19 says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. If we keep holding on to our Egypt, even after God has delivered us from it, then we will miss the new things that God is doing, and we will miss the promised land that he's taking us to. Stop looking back. There's no need. He has already brought you out of it. Train yourself to look at the positive things instead of the negative things. And when you're on your way to the promised land, stop looking back at Egypt. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you indeed for this time today. And God, we thank you for the many truths that we can learn from the Israelites. And Lord, we understand that it was not always an easy journey for them. And we know that in our own life that there are many times where the journey is difficult, where the road ahead is rough, and we hit a lot of bumps and potholes and detours and we pray oh god that you would help us help us lord that even on the journey we would remain faithful that we would trust you even when it's difficult and when we are afraid to know that it's okay but to also know that you walk with us and that you are right there with us and so god we thank you for this time today we pray for your help for your blessing and for your peace be with us oh lord in jesus name we pray Amen. Amen.